0: Hey guys, today I speak with uh, Lee Stafford from Quality Mind. Um, Great friend of mine. uh, Really, really good chap. I think you'll enjoy it. And the question I've got today is, do you have any bullshit beliefs? Do you hold yourself accountable? And do you find gratitude in the little things Let's get on with the show. Let's see what Lee's got to say. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening in. Uh, today, we've got uh, a great friend of mine who lives in the beautiful part of the world, Mornington Peninsula, or Mornington Point, down in Victorian Australia. He is a mind mentor with Quality Mind, uh, previous background in financial services, as a financial planner, mortgage broker. And it's my absolute pleasure uh, to welcome Lee Stafford. He's a uh, first-class operator, a real intuitive facilitator, fantastic listener, uh, engaging, and he holds people account when he looks after them in his programs that he runs. Uh, Morning, Steph. Evening. Morning for me. Evening for you. What's the time over there?
1: past eight made in the evening so have a nice Monday
0: and it's great to be here with you and thank you for your kind words no no thanks thanks for coming on it's uh, it's a real privilege um to have you speaking with us today so um obviously you know you know that uh I'm here to raise awareness for mental health and rugby um So I've got a few questions and we'll go through them today and we'll just have a bit of a chat around your experiences. Um, So the first one will be mental well-being and mindfulness has become more topical since the pandemic. Can you tell me what that means to you? Yeah, well, firstly, let me say,
1: Craig, I, I love the fact that you are on a journey of genuinely wanting to Make the lives of plenty of uh, younger people involved in sport in your case rugby i'm an afl fan over here i think it's a really noble cause and something that's really important and a big part of that is that when we talk about how we're going to help people with mental well-being and with mindfulness is that what does it actually mean and you know sometimes it can be a little intimidating what's this mindfulness stuff all about well To me being mindful is purely and simply the ability to just observe thoughts, to observe life. And when you learn to just objectively look at any situation, it actually takes you away from that fight-or-flight response and gives you an opportunity to make great decisions. So mindfulness comes in many forms. So there's plenty of things you can do to practice mindfulness. You can go for a walk in nature, you can meditate, you can do the whole um thing, whatever it is you want to do, you can do any of those things. But to me, that's what mindfulness is all about. And that in turn builds the muscle of your mind. And that's the big key here, is that the more you build the muscle of your mind, and the more that you're connected to that ability to not judge, and take judgment away from
0: the decisions you make. That's what I view mindfulness to be, and that's the first step in it should achieving great mental wellbeing. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point, uh, Steph. Um, when you were just sort of talking there, you mentioned um, going to the gym. Like it's it's um, sounds like it's mindfulness is a muscle for the brain is, and your well being. Is that right?
1: 100%, the, um, yeah, and and science will tell you that, that the more often that you use a particular neurological pathway, the more often um, you choose to go down a certain path, the more regular it becomes. So part of mindfulness part of mental well-being, the first part of mindfulness is to build the muscle. and This is where we hear about meditation. This is where we hear about uh, you know just those moments where you stop and do nothing and the power of being time and i call it being time where you are just being um that's the first part of it the second part of it is then understanding that there's this opportunity for you to access both parts of your mind and there's that part of your mind that really lights you up and gets you excited and wants you to go and do things um so when you're in the uh when you're in the shower in the morning you have that amazing idea and you really want to go to that path of path to, to a podcast <laughs> and then you've got the other voice that jumps in your head and says, you've got, you've got no business doing podcast. So that's the second phase, right? You've built the mental muscle of your mind to be able to access that excitement and um, clear away away a lot of rubbish that stops you from getting there. Um, that's the first step he's building. The second step is then learning how to access that part of your mind. And, and they're the two keys, really, to mental well-being, in my opinion, is having a big muscle right? So you're always working that muscle. And it sounds like
0: work, but you're really not working. That's when you're actually just being. And then the more that you are able to do that, the more you can start to look at situations objectively and learn how to access that part of your mind that drives your highest excitement, that gets you into flow. Well, I think there's a common perception in, in life and sort of around around sort of the world that We should always be busy you know the busier the busier we are the more effective we are um but you the way that you're explaining it um sort of it's taking a a step right back and just sort of making sure that we slow right down is that right well it's slowing down to go faster and
1: you know i i was lucky enough to um Bring on board a mentor about seven years ago david ball who ran a, a pretty large health retreat um called the golden door in australia and, and he's um i speak with david once a month he's taught me so much um he would have dealt with he would have worked with twenty thousand people in his time at the golden door and the first question i get asked every time i go i get in there is uh, how would you rate yourself in the three areas of life self relationships and work in the last month, and, I'll, and that's really about the doing piece, right? How well am I doing in those areas? How well am I doing on myself? How well am I doing with my relationships? And how well am I doing at work? And the next question he always ask me is how well have you been doing with your being time? And that being time is meditation, that being time is exercise, that being time is observing my thoughts and actually taking the time to objectively look at them so that I start to make a choice. And I'll tell you. But invariably, the correlation between being time and doing time is completely driven by the quality of my being time. My, the quality of my being time has been ordinary, the quality of my output will be ordinary. If the quality of my being time has been high, then I'll find that my productivity will go through the roof. And I can tell you that for the last six years with that question I get asked all the time, sometimes I fear it going into <laughs> my hour session with DB, but I know it because I know it's coming. Yeah. I'll see that goes. Shit, I didn't do that um, so yes this correlation between those two things I can tell you and with the people I work with 100% um, and you've done a bit of work bit of this type of work when you're doing the work on yourself when you create your own daily rhythm of the things you need to do life gets in flow
0: for you oh yeah it works for you uh, and you're working for it so yeah I've been pretty lucky that I've you know in the second half of uh 2021 I was part of uh, the ground crew, and uh, staff was my mentor, and it was it was fantastic. Um, And I realised that being time and doing time, um, doing you can be doing a lot, but ending up achieving nothing. And uh, once you get your being time right, uh, then everything else falls in place. So, one hundred percent behind that statement, staff. Um, so what, what is a mind mentor and what led you to becoming one?
1: Uh, I look briefly, I've been in Fin services for a long time. Um, got footy teams, been involved, um, you know, in management level and a lot of things. Over time, and there was an opportunity, a good friend of mine, Rich Maloney, put together a, uh, what's called a personal activation program um and i competed in uh, sorry i participated sorry in uh, his first crew and you know i learned a lot i certainly didn't do the work he did though craig i thought i was a bit a bit better than that at the time so i just sort of went for the ride but i got some pretty significant shifts in life and some really big movements so um which then presented the opportunity to become a mentor and and teach this system that he taught me so I took that on uh, with a view to sharing that with the, the football club that I work at here. Uh, I did that and it was fine and it went well. We won a premiership. The boys got a fair bit out of it, but I didn't really feel like I did a particularly great job of it, to be brutally honest. But they certainly got some improvement. Um, but Dad was uh, my mate. Uh, he'd been through his third marriage and uh, was in a pretty tough spot. And I said to him, hey, why don't I take you through this system? And had yeah, six months to go through the system. I took him through it within about seven or eight weeks. There was this massive just shift in him. He'd gone from being really on the arse of his pants to just being the guy that I always knew. I remember nineteen twenty, and that's when I went, "Hey, this is for me. Uh, I can do this." And um, yeah, pretty much within about twelve months after that, I left film planning and. The mortgage broking, sold out of my mortgage broking practice, transitioned out of my in planning practice. With my wife does an amazing job with that and decided I was going to go full time into this uh, because it was my purpose. So, yeah, so being in my mentor is really around just guiding people and giving them some tools
0: so that they can. Recognize what that being time needs to look like so they can make decisions for themselves about what they want to do in life and actually get connected to their true purpose. I think um, from from my experience last year and, and through the start of the course uh, that we're in at the moment, I thought I was in a pretty decent place. Um, and then when you have a look at a couple of videos and, and then... Huh. Um, you know, yeah, I, I look back at, um, sort of some of the self-talk that was going on and it was, it was a lot more, uh, me talking about what other people weren't doing and, and not what I was doing. Um, and as soon as I corrected that, um, it, I just became a lot more relaxed and a lot more sort of at peace with a lot of things, you know, when you're you spoke about uh, not judging, um, and that was a massive shift for me. And it yeah. was, you know, I've I've enjoyed uh, my time so far, and I can't. Uh, people, if you're listening in today, um, and you haven't been on a course to self-development course, I can guarantee that you'll get something out of a uh, personal activation course. With staff and with Quality Mind, because I have, and I know that you will. So, staff, can you tell us a Definitely. bit more? Can you tell us a bit more about uh, Quality Mind um, and sort of how the program's put together, just uh, or the personal activation program yeah. for the listeners? Yeah, the, the,
1: the, the personal activation program. It's a combination of a number of different things. So modern psychology handles certain aspects of mental health. Um, what QM has been put together, has been put together by Rich Maloney, who's a genius at pulling systems together. The way it's been formulated has been on, on a number of different modalities. So the first is positive psychology, and that is really around recognising what you're good at and focusing on that, focusing on times that you have achieved things, even if it isn't necessarily your first name, your know, first, first port of call. It's based on neuroscience, which really uh, is the study of the neuroplasticity of the brain and being able to rewire neurological pathways within your brain because it is a constantly evolving beast. Uh, it's based on neurolinguistic programming, which is largely around the stories we tell ourselves shifting those stories within our mind um, there's a lot of heart math uh, there's a lot of um, heart math in there as well which is from the heart math institute in california um, and that's really about accessing the part of your well from, from the point of view that for every thought that we have for, for every message that our brain sends to our heart We have 40 messages come back the other way from our heart to our brain. And yet, most of us constantly spend our time in our head. So, if we really want to access where we make great decisions from, we need to be able to connect to that heart space. And that's really what that's about. And a lot of this is mumbo jumbo for people I understand. Um, And I'll touch on that in a second. And then finally, there's a lot of ancient wisdom. So, universal laws, meditation, those sorts of things. But the point about this whole activation system is that it is not a case of me sitting there preaching you, as you know, preaching to you. It's a case of you getting off your ass and saying, hey, I want to make some changes. And that's as simple as observing first and foremost. What do I think? What am I saying to myself every day? We have 60,000 to 90,000 thoughts a day. A lot of people don't realize that. And we only allow about three to 5,000 through into our conscious mind. So if we're telling ourselves things that are not productive then the likelihood is we are going to be not productive. So this activation system is all about you being able to take what we share with you and then putting that in your own life. starting to shift these bullshit beliefs that we have that stop us from getting to where we want to get to. Telling yourself you're not good enough, telling yourself you didn't come from the right place. Telling yourself you don't have time. Telling yourself you don't have money. They're all just stories that you've chosen to tell yourself and you've done that to keep yourself safe. So what we're all about is about taking off um, taking off the training wheels and getting on with life and actually really starting to create your own life because you are the master of your own domain and you do have the opportunity to create whatever it is you want. You just need to get out of your own way. So we give you the tools to be able to do that. Um, so it's not about us healing or saving anyone it's just about you old-fashioned you getting in there and doing some work and we guide you along the way we care about you and we do all that sort of stuff but you've got to do the work if you do the work the results are insane
0: I remember some wise men saying it's like following a bouncing ball (laughs) it is like if you follow the bouncing ball right you will get the results I follow the bouncing ball. You know,
1: follow the bouncing ball, and you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> so, I I there's, <laughs> there's a um, I suppose there's a lot of misconception around meditation. So, there is. You know, yeah. when when people sort of talk about meditation, have you been meditating? The first image that a lot of people will sort of think of conjure up will be. You know, an old guy sitting at the top of a mountain with his legs crossed, sort of humming. Um what does meditation mean to you? Well interesting, you're talking to a guy, as you know, who's waiting for hip replacement, mate, so I can't cross my legs. so I meditate regularly. <laughs> um <laughs> so, um
1: but, yeah, meditation, is, it's a bit like mindfulness. It's whatever you want it to, be. it's about slowing down and observing, and that's all it is. Yeah. So, you know, within the app, we have about 300 guided meditations which really help people through that process of understanding what meditation is all about. Um, people often decide that they're not good at meditation because they do a meditation and they're thinking about things. Well, guess what? Of course you are. <laughs> it's your first time in the gym. Right? Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, really simply, there's three stages to meditation. or there's three stages to where our brain generally sits during a the day. There's beta state, which is where we're in the kitchen. That's where we are all day. Everything's going on. This is happening, that's happening, we're kind of there's no time to relax and, and this is what we can talk about. Social media, all that sort of stuff, we're constantly on the go these days. So that's when we're in, in um beta state. The purpose of meditation is to take you out of there and get you into a lounge room. So it takes around about seven minutes to drop yourself out of beta state and then into this alpha state. And then you're still in the lounge right now. And along the way, you're going to have plenty of thoughts. And that's okay. But you'll eventually, slowly but surely, drop down into this alpha state. right? Once you get into alpha state, then you're sort of relaxed and you start to regenerate a little bit. And you start to get some energy back and serotonin and dopamine then you tend to drop into your brain a little bit. You start to go, oh, it's not too bad. And then you'll slowly drift up, but then the thought will come in and that's okay. And this is the whole point. As you learn to do this more regularly, from seven to fourteen minutes, you'll start to find that you drop off into what we call theta state. And that's that next state where you really start to where time just kind of goes. Time just kind of clicks through and by the end of that you sit there and wake up and at 15 minutes or 20 minutes you go, where did the last three or four minutes go? So the whole point is that you aren't going through this whole process right, of dropping down, and there's no such thing as bad meditation. There'll be days where you can't go there or where you keep on thinking other thoughts, but the point is that's life. Every time you do it, it's a rep. You are doing reps in the gym of your mind every time you meditate. So it's a great thing whether you are listening to a guided meditation, whether you are standing on a beach or a lake or a reservoir and you're just listening to what's around you and you're just being completely quiet and just noticing whatever it is you're picking up, you know, the sound of the birds miles away or the cars up on the road or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter what it is, but you're just observing mutually, that's meditation.
0: Yeah, it's it's a great description, actually. Um, and the, the um, reference to going from the kitchen into the lounge um, puts it pretty succinctly, really, because... Quite often, that's where you go into the lounge to just chill, you know.
1: Yeah. And I would say that once you drop down out of that next state, which I don't want to get too deep, but when you do go into that data state, it's more like you're going into a theatre. Because, you know, when you go to the movie, to the cinema, and you are just completely engrossed, the rest of the world doesn't matter. Because all the sounds are around you and you're just there, that's where you go when you get into that 7 to 14-minute state. You start to move into that um, that the state where you are just completely observing and that's where you may not get the answers then but the state we had a thing called blokes United that um, I was a little I was involved with we went up with about twenty thousand people in it through the pandemic and we were doing meditations in the morning and I had guys who'd never meditated before and I was running meditation sessions every couple of days. And they were blown away by their ability to make better decisions simply by doing ten or fifteen minutes of meditation, guys who'd never done it before. We just gave it a crack through
0: the pandemic. Um so it works. Yeah, definitely I can I vouch for that one hundred percent. Um I think so you sort of sort of mentioned briefly around the app uh that's designed with to house the uh, meditations. I think that's pretty unique for QM. Um can you touch on that briefly
1: uh yeah the, uh, probably in my time as i mentioned I, I had a great mentor in david ball for a long time um i've done a lot of growth um courses over my time i've been to a lot of retreats i've been lucky enough to see a lot of speakers and uh, nothing i've ever done had a system that works alongside it like this does and the purpose of the app is to keep you accountable to the things you need to do in order to be able to drive your own outcome. so meditation is a pretty small part of the app the big part of the app is you get in there you want to you want to you want to know what you're feeling or thinking at a particular point in time and you want to observe it neutrally you type it into the app there's a section in the app you to be able to do that um When you want to deal with pressure, and this is the big thing, is when you want to deal with pressure, you generally get pressure from three sources. And those three sources are someone gives us the shits or triggers us. The second one is something happens and we make a decision that it's bad for us. And the third thing is that we make a decision that we're not up to something, that we're not good enough for something. So really there's self, there's other people that trigger us, and there's an event, right? Something that happens. So the powerful part about the app is that there is a series of questions that helps you work through any one of those situations to be able to find the benefit and what you can grow from. Because everything that happens, you can argue with, it, you can argue with reality, but you'll always be 100% wrong. So as soon as you accept that, that gives you the opportunity to say, "Hey, what do I do next? Yeah. You know, how can I turn this to my advantage? How do I make it so that life works for me rather than..." life doing stuff to you so the app is houses these tools that make life easy for you so it becomes your best mate
0: yeah it um from again from from experience um in the short time that I've been involved it's been fantastic helpful it actually gives you a pretty good boost during the day um yeah uh, you 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 share your wins you know you you share the moments where you're, you're having trouble um and then when you're working through problems you can go back through and look at them later on um yeah you can journal how your day is going you know um if if things aren't going great you can sort of put it in, save it and come back to it later um so it's yeah yeah it's a but, bit like the shift in the moment too because we don't want to be stuck in the moment all the time right yep. so you know you
1: have this bank of our statements of um you know as you work through a belief when you sit down and tell yourself well know, yeah, i'm a procrastinator i'll never get this podcast off the ground and then all of a sudden you start to say hey, i've got this i've got this i've got this i've got this and every time you know that thought comes in where you tell yourself this is hard i'm not going to be able to make it you go in the app you type that in you know you've got this because you tell yourself that yeah. So what you're actually doing is you're completely shifting and that's the heart that stuff where you're actually taking yourself out of this state of incoherence, which is what it is when you are accessing that worry and that stress and you bring yourself across immediately into a state of coherence where you're going, yeah, I've got this. And how much better do you feel? And for the guys who are playing rugby, how many times have you done that on the field? Yeah. You sit there and go, yeah, I've got this. I've got this. I'll get myself up. You pull yourself up all the time. The difference here is that. Instead of telling yourself, I'm going to get myself up because I'm a weak bastard, the difference here is you're actually telling yourself you get up because you know you can, because you believe in yourself, because you've got self-worth, and that's a significant shift in energy, and that's a really powerful thing for you to be able to find flow. Yeah. If you keep on finding yourself internally, you're going to lose that flow, and that's, you know, again, we're probably talking about a different topic here, the performance plan, which I oh, yeah. you know, worked with, with Kieran, but um, but again, this is how we find in life. Yeah. It's About being able to shift the quicker, we can shift that to something that's positive and useful, and gives us energy. Um, yeah, the more powerful we become.
0: I think um, the 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 app the QM app would be like um, somebody's Fitbit for when they're doing exercise, essentially.
1: Perfect. Yeah, great. You know, great uh, analogy. It's a Fitbit for your mind, hundred percent. Yeah,
0: exactly um so i know we've we've sort of touched on a little bit of sport uh, we've touched on sort of the program touched on the app that's involved to record it what kind of demographic do you get involved uh, who end up joining the program and working through it yeah really good question
1: it's as you know it's fairly diverse but we've um just recently been doing a bit of work on where our marketing goes and those sorts of things and and what what we're fine we have a lot of success with and finally maybe people are listening may not be but men who've played sport been relatively successful at sport at some point on the way maybe successful in business as well and they get to a point where they're a bit like yourself, Craig, where you go, you know, what? Right, I just don't quite know what's going on for me. You know, I'm not I'm completely happy. I'm kind of going through doing what I need to do. But I can't find that happiness because we're so used to it as men. And this is another different, another different topic. We're together when we talk about self-worth. But um, when, as men, the way that we generally get our self-esteem, the way we've been taught has been about what we are capable of doing. So the more capable we are of doing, when we win on the field, we feel great. But the problem is, guess what? There's always someone better. Yeah. So then we get waked and we lose. So then we go back. So we go through this grandiosity back to shame because we lost. Grandiosity to shame. Grandiosity to shame. So what I find a lot of men, that's one part of the process. The other part then is that we look for other space. We want other people to tell us how wonderful we are. And all of a sudden, guess what? Our wife doesn't think we're that hot anymore. So all of a sudden, you know, we're getting knocked, back in the, getting knocked back in the bedroom and all of a sudden we sit there and go, hey, no, this is not for me. So it's really interesting when you start to recognise these things are shifting, you've gone from being this sort of beast that can do whatever it is you could do on the on the rugby field or whatever you could do in business to being this person going, okay, but kids, I'm committed to the family, but I just don't have that drive or that family, or that that, um, that sort of infinite energy anymore. So that's where it gets really interesting because i find that is where there's a real sweet spot of men who want to do work but they just don't know they need to do it or they just don't know how to do it and once they start to do the, do, do the work it just shifts because you still got forty, forty 40 or 50 years on this planet and you can actually live them to the best of your ability and that's what this is all about is about saying hey, okay hey let's make that shift and recognize that you were never actually going to get there anyway so when you were living that life, you were never going to get there because there was always going to be someone better than you. always going to be something you couldn't get, something you couldn't do. And you're always going to strive for that. And you'll never be happy when you're doing that. So this is about something. This is not about saying, hey, don't go hard for things because I'm a competitive bastard myself. But this is about saying, hey, guess what? I'll go after it. And if I don't get there, that's not a failure. That's just an opportunity for me to learn and grow. Excellent. I think that's really important.
0: We'll have a a quick break and we'll come back in just one second. Okay, Steph. um, Where are we? So there are a lot of... um, No. Have you ever struggled with your um, own well-being, you know, mental health and sort of what kind of strategies did you employ? What worked, what didn't? if you're comfortable um covering
1: yeah absolutely you've got to be vulnerable to be able to share mate um yeah look i um you know i'm quite open in sharing that when i was uh i was sexually abused as a four-year-old and um i went on for about six or seven months with my uh with a babysitter at the time uh you and I are a similar vintage, I suppose. There was a bit of stiff upper lip, get on with it type scenario uh, there, you know. It was a, only a woman, don't worry about it type thing. And um, but you know, my my parents were divorced as well, so there was some politicking that went on there. I think Mum was a bit scared to really share with Dad what had happened. Um, so you know, so I suppose you know, I moved on and, and I had a loving loving family, uh, great mum, great dad, and lovely to be his wonderful stepmother. Uh, Betty. Um, so, you know, so I started really supporting parents, very grateful. Um, I suppose it wasn't until I, uh, but the one thing is I always felt like an outsider, my whole life. I always felt like I had something to prove uh, that I never really fit in. And uh, I'm sure that was part of it as well as the you know, divorced parents and then dad remarried he had he had three other siblings that I wasn't part of for the first yeah. 12 years of my life. So, you know, so for me, I suppose there was all those things, but how that played out for me in my own mental health was very similar to what I said to you before. I was constantly wanting to win. Um, I was constantly wanting to be, you know, the, the king in every environment I was in, yeah. you know, and um, that wasn't healthy, you know. And, and um, so for me, that's how it played out into this massive ego thing. And although... Successful in most things I do, I'd like to to think, you know, from a point of view of outcomes, there was never really any internal happiness, and it wasn't really until a relationship breakdown after my second wife, to be honest, that uh, I kind of decided I went and saw a kinesiologist who asked me some questions. You know, I was, as I say, I was pretty, pretty stoic about what had happened, and um, she actually said to me. And, and this might be really relevant for some of the guys out there if you actually look at some of the things you've been through, you know, where you just keep pressing on. And uh, she, she said to me, she said, so do you actually think that, you know, a uh, six year old boy who's split up when he's one, who has a whole who has another family that he only sees in on the holidays, when he doesn't have any siblings himself here, who's been sexually abused, doesn't deserve to feel a little bit sad about himself. And I actually burst into tears then, because I could actually see this poor little kid and I could only imagine having that had been my kid I didn't have any children at the time. But, you know, the, just the, the outpouring of support, and emotion and the love I'd have for them. So it's just really interesting that that was a really pivotal moment for me because I started to give myself a little bit more sleep. And once I started to do that, I started to be able to let go of a lot of these things and to be able to sort of recognise you know, all of those things I did that I would cringe about, you know, just, you know, maybe carrying on the footy field or whatever it was, you know. Um, things you said, you know, I used to cringe and really beat myself up. I just sort of was able to, over a period of time through this process that I've been through here, as well as the work I've done with BB, I was able to really begin to let all that go and power. And so for me... You know, I turned that in. I, the big thing for me was when I, um, I was a financial planner, and, and I spoke in front of 550 years and told my story, sexual abuse, surviving sexual abuse. So for me to be able to do that was so cathartic and so powerful, and to actually share the gratitude that I had for the fact that I was able to talk and stand up for those who might have survived something like that. Yeah. And to let people know that conversation needs to be had so it's a very difficult conversation for some people to hear right but that's what actually perpetuates this whole thing is the fact that nobody will talk so we need to make people who haven't been touched by it comfortable to hear it so it becomes easier for those who have survived to be able to or who are going through it uh it makes it easier for them to be able to talk about it so again you know these are the things you start to learn when i talk about that i wouldn't change that for the world now in my life i'm actually grateful that happened i'm grateful for many reasons it wasn't a family member so i didn't have to do that wasn't a male there's all sorts of things that i am actually grateful for now because as i mentioned before uh, you can argue with reality but you'll always be 100 percent wrong so that was meant to happen for me and it happened for me and yeah,
0: you know, i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now and i, I love doing what i'm doing now, yeah so. yeah and and, yeah. and uh you love uh helping people and sort of guiding people really comes through it's genuine um and, and it's heartwarming and I, and I think the um the interaction that we've had through you know with yourself with carly and the program sort of again has led me to where we are here today you know looking to um get the conversations around mental health and rugby um Going and yes. raising money for the two charities, Brave Mind and Head for Change. Um,
1: hundred percent. And I think the thing too is just that on that is it's this vulnerability piece, and you keep hearing about it, right? But it's about actually saying, "Hey, guess what? That was pretty tough." It's not about living in it or sitting yeah. in it. It's about saying, "Okay, yeah, all right, that was tough." Let me grieve for a period. We all yeah. need to grieve for a period about those things. But then say, okay, well, guess what? I've probably got a lot of people who will support me through this. So there's going to be some really great things because this is someone you'll be able to reach out to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and that vulnerability can be anything, all right? That's just my story. And it's really interesting because this piece on trauma, right? People go, oh, my God, that's so hard for you. My problems are nothing now." But it's not actually how our mind works. right? when we were all six or seven or eight or nine, have that traumatic event and it starts because we live in a box we live in a little bubble this is how the world is until about seven and we're kind of comfortable with that and then we believe that's how the world is but then something happens when we're eight or nine and we realize that what we were told isn't necessarily true so all of a sudden our little square box that we lived in has now changed it's now been made into a rectangle or it's been made into a, a hexagon so all of a sudden, that's traumatic for us. It doesn't matter what that event is. It's traumatic because the world has changed. It's not the way I thought it was. So it's really interesting that, yeah, you know, this is not a pissing contest in terms of how vulnerable you need to be. This is just about recognising what's true for you. I and mean, When you recognise what's true for you and has affected
0: you and it's the story you can be telling yourself about why you're not getting to where you want to get to, it's time of shoot or, or get off the park, right? Just get it out get it done so that you can get on with really living your best life and, and and doing the things you love doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, just how did Flip the Script come about then? Well, it's still, still in production, but yep. uh, Flip the Script is just, yeah, look, the concept of Flip the
1: Script is I, I want to share stories of Inspiring me, I've been putting it off for a while, while, doing a podcast. But I want to share stories of survivors of child sexual abuse, yep. so that we can, um, again, just normalize the conversation. That's all I want to be able to do is normalize the conversation around um, you know, survivors of sexual abuse, so that you know, again, you know, if we can turn one perpetrator into somebody who stops, or if we can save because the 70 percent of people who commit child sexual abuse have been abused themselves yeah. so again providing that platform for people to be able to talk for them to be able to get it out you know ideally that will lead to far less occurrence of it and in addition to that you know i do donate um for every program yeah. that i run to um uh, so there's a couple of charities, but the main one is Bravehearts, which is a pretty significant organisation in Australia and probably at the forefront of um, of uh, advocating for, for things that are required to, to assist children, uh, kids with yeah, who've been through through here. They they got about twenty, think it's about twenty thousand kids a year with uh, stories about how to protect themselves, and then they they also then provide counselling service and those sorts of the things for been through it so they're a pretty amazing organization so yeah so there's plenty to do there but that's how that, that kind of commenced and it's um yeah it's definitely a passion project but I've just got to chase one rabbit
0: at the moment I think it'd be um you know I think it'd be great to to get that underway I think that it would help you know thousands of people children you know and then you know there's there are a lot of adults out there who sort of are survivors but have never, you know, been down that path either. Um No, that's right. Look, you know, with with the work that we do I'd love to be able to provide, you know, opportunities for people to be able to work through um, you know, the types of programs we run
1: to yeah. be able to deal with there. Because that's that's the thing that helped me find the gratitude um that i found in the situation. So, yeah, just process.
0: so the so the Quality Mind programme. Can that be tailored for yep. business, sports, uh, life coaching? Yeah, well, certainly the way which Richard set it up, um, yeah, his passion for sport. In the first instance, it's been built off
1: professional sports people. So the, the advantage of using professional sports people to measure their success is it's pretty or, easy to organize uh, to to measure success yeah. via not injury and yeah. then via the fact that you know, there's consistent performance. Whereas us in life, we can sit and say, yeah, five years ago, I wasn't even a good headspace, but Did I have a successful year? I can't quite. Yeah. And again, all that's done is exacerbate this being time versus being time thing. Right? That when being time is at the forefront of the AFL players we work with, with the boxers that we work with, when their being time's when they're in flow, when they're being... Because, I mean, we all know we perform our best when we're not even thinking about things. Yeah. We're just going about our business. We know our role and we just play the role and we flow through it. So, you know, so that's the basis of it. So, you know, the, the, the sport component is massive, you know, and um, yeah, perhaps the performance plan is something we can talk about another time. But there is a there is a 100-point plan process that, uh, that all, your lad Kieran knows all about. Um, in terms of setting up from week to week about how to set yourself up for, for great performance so that when you get to a game, you're fun, free and focused because that's all you want to be able to do. There's yeah. nothing more you can do to prepare once you get there. So um, the sporting connotation of it, yeah, there's, there's so many applications. I think we have a six-week program for sporting clubs, which is... Um, and uh, Balance, uh, one of the mentors and he's, he's the forefront of that then from a life perspective you know that's our sweet spot that's where we're working at the moment in that life space of being able to provide programs to individuals to help them become the best version of themselves and then the corporate side of it we've just started to um, do some work in there there's been, a, there's been a number of programs that have been run but what i've found really significant speaking to a few um a few CEOs of companies that i know a big thing with this whole mental health piece coming out of COVID and it looks like we're going to have two or three programs up and running within the next uh, couple of months in this space. A lot of the focus within corporates is around team. How do we get the team to work well together? How do we engage the team? And people are a bit over it. We're actually getting to this point where people want a little bit of a focus where individuals or employees of companies want to focus on themselves so they can actually really get truly connected to their own confidence, truly connected to their own energy, and then truly uh, and then truly connected to their own purpose, right? And if they're connected to their own purpose and that involves working at that particular organisation, you're gonna get a truckload better employee. So that's a big focus for us is how can we take that to thought leadership which is buzzword in most corporations at the moment have. we're all about thought leadership Like, okay, well what is that thought leadership is actually about having a framework with how to think that people can plug into and the more people that can plug into that same framework and understand a process around how we're going to manage a particular situation the more synergy you're going to get cleaner clearer decisions you're going to get
0: and then as people become more authentic you get a fight and flight within an organisation as well so it's a huge um, a huge space for us, and at the back end of this year, that'll be a big focus for, for my business in particular. Yeah, I, th- I think um, when you start uh, making decisions based on what's what the right thing, what is what 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 is the right thing to do, um, and everybody can agree on it, and then you're sort of in the same mindset and you head on the same path for the right reasons, not for um, yeah. not necessarily ulterior motives. They go out the window.
1: Well, it is, isn't it? It's about actually getting out of of that childlike mind. We talk about this child mastermind, as you know, know, and it's about getting out of that childlike mind that's jealous or that's a hyperachiever, or that's a controller or whatever. Once you get out of that space, that's when you can start really get productivity going through the roof. When you start to get into a situation where you are judging or making decisions based off um, empathy, Of a lack of judgment, right? Because that's the biggest thing we all deal with, is we judge everything. We judge the situation to be a certain way, we judge the way somebody spoke to us to be a certain way, and we judge ourselves internally. So once we take that judgment piece away, which is all those things I just spoke about before, and we take ourselves to that space where we make decisions based on that heart space, which is really where our intuition is, and we yep. really listen to that, and we really open ourselves up, and we take away those biases, we create a fantastic environment for us to make great decisions. And the more organisations can move into that space, because everyone looking for heart based leadership. Well, best way to create heart based leadership is to get your leaders to become heart based. Yeah.
0: We've spoken about Quality Mind. Um, how many countries is QM in? How are the programs, where are they being delivered? That's a good question. We've gone through quite a few European countries. It's in the States, New Zealand, Australia, um, Turkey, i it's been in Turkey, Germany, I think it's up to a roundabout from memory. I think which might have said 23 or 24 countries that there's programs being delivered in. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, uh, again, there's, there's sort of this growing, this growing troop of mind mentors.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, it, it's interesting because I get excited about this getting all through the world. Yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, the other side of it is just being able to wake up every day and deal with the people that are in front of you, yeah, exactly. that's a beautiful thing. You know, we talk about being present. What I see is go global for sure. But at the moment, yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful thing because we're just creating this unbelievable community internally. That's, uh, and I know that's just a matter of time that those things are going to happen.
0: Yeah. If um, if somebody wanted was interested in the course, you know. In one of the courses how would they make content uh, well we've got the, the website which i'm sure you might provide here somehow but yeah leestafford.com you can book in a 15 minute
1: chat i mean we have a, a couple of um, options for individuals if they want to jump into a program so we have a six-month program and then we have a, a three-month program as well um and then we also do individual coaching the best way to do that would be to jump on and we, we have what we call a discovery call um where we just basically chew the fat and work out where you're at where you'd like to get to um you know, what would a great 12 months look like for you and um
0: discuss the things that might prevent you from getting there and then determine whether or not it's something that we think we can help with and if it is then then we go a bit further and, and go into a bit more detail around where you're at and understand a little bit more about you to see whether or not there's a program that works Thanks for that. Um how closely aligned with obviously rugby's my my passion. AFL's your passion. How closely aligned are the um I suppose the energy systems and the the the, the male prowess in in your sport compared to rugby and sort of can you touch on your playing and coaching career and some yeah. of the some of the personalities that you've been able to help along the way. Yeah, look, it's interesting. Probably the big thing, and you and I have talked
1: a lot about this. Um, yeah, I played a reasonable. I played a reasonable level when I was a kid. I played in the under 18 um, AFL under eighteen comp. So I played uh, in state league for a year, uh, but then after that, I just got, I played around. I played a lot of local footy and. Yeah. I was okay, but I never got the best out of myself. I um, put a bit of weight on when I was younger, and never really got it off. It a lot of beer and all that sort of stuff, and I think that's a big part. Uh, you know, in terms of culture, I think that's one thing I've noticed is monumental shifting in Australia, particularly in AFL at local level, is just the way that, the way the look out look after themselves these days is a lot different to you know <laughs> to, to, to mine. I don't know if that's been really the same for you. But certainly from that perspective you know there's there's a bit of a shift there you know the old sunday present sunday hour where you go and drink 15 beers on a sunday afternoon after a game it's uh that doesn't happen anymore um which i think is a great thing um, and, I, and i certainly think you know a culture um that did exist where it wasn't inclusive it wasn't really a family thing in australia now the, the most successful clubs are all, all built around culture the last 15 years that's what i've learned and i've done a lot of work to try and help create that in the clubs i've been involved with and a lot of this gets back to empowering the individuals that are playing in your day and giving them ownership um i think i gave you the all black book uh, legacy is a great book so when you talk about this crossover between rugby and asl i took as much from legacy as i have any book i've ever read in terms of um creating a culture and and um, understanding what it means to be an all black, you know. Uh, and that was the type of thing we did here. But my biggest learnings though, and it gets back to our own life about the win and loss thing that we were speaking about before, um, is that the key to success in any organisation, be it rugby, be it Aussie rules, be it a business, is about having a set of core values that's created by the group. And when that's created by the group, And the group buy into it and you appoint your leaders based on those values and you appoint your leaders based on the critical mass of players around them agreeing that they would follow that leader in and they would agree to be held to account to those by those particular people that's where you start to create your best cultures Um, you can't have somebody who is very good at telling everyone what to do but not good at living the values You can't have them as your leader what you need is your leader to be the people who are prepared to hold someone to account and who are prepared to live the values that's my opinion the other thing you can't do is set rules the minute you start to set rules you can set standards the minute you start to set rules a rule gets broken that puts enormous pressure on an organization anyway Uh, this is what's going to happen if you do this Yes, that may come after a couple of transgressions, but this is all getting back to, okay, what's your culture all about? And this is what my culture is about. We're disciplined, we're united, we're passionate, and hard. All the, They're all the things that we do. Now, if that happens to be your four behaviours and that's what you live by and everybody knows what that means, and everybody knows what actions need to be taken in order to do that, then if you as a playing group can own that, and you have a critical mass of leaders, then when people are all stepping up saying, Hey, I'm going for the ride, I'm going for the ride, I'm going for the ride, and all of a sudden you just get momentum, yeah. And that's how powerful organizations and that gets created through the team because then that's right through the club, right? Yeah. Because United Club means you know what, all the letters are buying a beer for the who's doing the scoreboard, whoever's doing the Put the gear away for you, whoever's behind the jump.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great principle. There's a lot to be there's a lot of work that I've got to do on that. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Fun work. Yeah. It makes your job easier as a coach or team, believe me. Yeah. I remember just driving coached the senior team, and I had all these rules we don't lose in the last five minutes of quarters, we don't uh, lose last quarters. and in the first game, we had all these rules around what we weren't going to do. And we I think there were 10
0: of them. And we lost 9 out of 10. Like, where do you go? Yeah. <laughs> they were in trouble. we'd far up when We lost by four points. We lost by less than a goal. Was going, oh, God, this is a disaster. The year after, when we can't behaviour-based, you can then hold yourself to account. It's really interesting. Yeah, I know that I sort of invoked uh, the, um, well, a version of the hundred point plan for the week to uh, make my life a lot easier. And, um, when, when I follow it, boom, everything, yeah. you know, I get to Saturday morning and everything's sorted. Um, and then Saturday was a good example where I wasn't, I didn't have my keys. <laughs> we couldn't get into the sheds. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, the, the guys came out of it and I thought actually good, but you know, a bit of, a Bit of pressure, a bit of controversy, uh, a few challenges to so overcome, didn't it just straight over the top of their heads and just like water off the duck's back? So I was quite, uh, yeah. quite impressed. You know, they just got on with it. So it, it, sound, it, it sounds like they care, right? Because nobody, nobody knows, nobody cares about how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Yeah. it's that simple. Like it doesn't yeah. no matter what you want to tell someone, they don't think
1: you care about them, they're not interested.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly look i think we will leave it there uh wrap up um staff of I've, I've really enjoyed sitting here having a chat to you um again some wise words and some pearls of wisdom that have uh sort of been bestowed upon us today so thank you very much for your time um what is it? it's nine o'clock oh, no. If there's anything we can do, I know that we'll certainly,
1: um, we'll certainly push, uh, push the barrow a little bit uh, on, on helping you raise some funds. I think it's amazing what you're doing. If you can get 2,022 k's, mate, like that's insane. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're making me tired thinking about it, mate. But uh, no, it's uh, a pleasure to be here, and, and um, keep doing what you're doing, mate. And anybody out there, just. You know if I can send a message to anybody, it is just about be prepared to be vulnerable, be prepared to own who you are, and there's plenty of help out there. You know, I know you spoke to a great organization last week that want to help in that space. There is resources out there, just look something up on the internet. Yeah. You have to, there's places around, there's information around, um, just get active on it because we're so used to just looking after our body, particularly if you play sport, right? So I, I you know I'm going to a heap of beers on a Sunday, you feel like crap. The first thing you have do on a Monday morning is start have to get up and go for a run at eight properly today to get yourself back on the track. Well, you need to also make that time for being time Yeah. because when you do that, it makes the rest of it so much easier. So learn about it. Just have fun with it. That's all you need to do.
0: Yeah, you'll be better off for it, you know, definitely 100%. Yeah. All right, Steph, well, thank you for uh, joining us today. Um, I can't wait for everybody to listen to our chat today. It's going to be awesome. And um, I will uh, be making sure that um, everybody that I know um, gets to try and make contact with you because of programs that are being run by QM, Uh, First Rate, um, the... Mind mentors are absolutely first-class operators. And from my point of view, um, I haven't come across a coach or a mind mentor like yourself that is really in tune with the way that a group operates. And that's, uh, and I've said this to you before, it's, um, quite a rare skill. Um, so staff's your man, he'll sort you out. He'll give, you, he'll give you he'll give you a slap around the ears and you won't even know about it. And uh, <laughs> he'll he'll hold you to account. So Steph. Be <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thank well, you,
0: Craig. Thanks for having me. Cheers. I think you'll agree that my conversation with Steph today was pretty inspiring. Um, There are a few takeaways for me, accountability, uh, when creating a culture, especially around a sports team, Um, the helping others, so the reference to his father and the, the shift that he saw as he took him through the program, and then the gratitude that he found as an older person about the events that happened to him but he was a youngster. So for me, there are a lot of things in there tonight and I've listened to our recording a couple of times now um, that I feel really privileged to have been able to spend time with him this evening. Um, As you may hear, I'm recovering from COVID so my voice is all over the place at the moment Um, but I think I've I've got comfort in the fact that um, the work I'm doing uh, the 2022 and 2022 challenge is to help people Um, and I can only do that by um, an audience listening an audience donating and everybody helping me to help people so if you have the spare few pounds dollars pennies and pence Uh, please donate to brave mind for brave mind it's my just giving pages 2022 and 22 challenge and for head for change it's 2022 and 2022 challenge the pages are in the um, show notes and they will be available on facebook twitter and on instagram but the majority will be on facebook page Look, I hope you've enjoyed um, the chat that I had this evening. Thanks for listening in, and please come back again. Much love, everybody.